Hello, everybody, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. The new season is finally here, folks. It seems like it has been forever, but on Saturday night, the Toronto Rock will get their season started when they host the Vancouver Warriors at 5 p.m. at First Ontario Centre in Hamilton. It is guaranteed win night, and it's real simple, folks. Anyone who purchased a full-price regular ticket to this game on Saturday night will be eligible to receive a free ticket to another regular season game this year, as in 22-23, of their choosing. That's right. But again, this is only if the Rock lose, which, you know, we're all hoping to start this season off right and get a big win on Saturday night and start this thing off right in the home opener, just like we did one year ago when we knocked off the Albany Firewolves in the Rock's home opener the first game Back in Hamilton. So we're really excited about this game on Saturday night, folks. We can't wait to get started. Everybody around here in the Toronto Rock office and the players, everybody is beyond fired up and ready. And we hope that means we are going to see you in the stands on Saturday night in Hamilton at First Ontario Centre to help cheer the boys on, hopefully, to a season opening victory over the Vancouver Warriors. So tickets are still available for the game, torontorock.com. Lots of different ticket options available, different ticket packs, all kinds of great stuff that you can get your hands on. And, uh, of course, if you are looking to participate in the Guaranteed Win Night promotion, you do need to buy a full-priced regular ticket to the game on Saturday night in order to be eligible. Single-game tickets only on that one. All right, so without any further ado, we're going to jump into our interviews, get you prepped for the home opener. We've got Matt Sawyer and Nick Rose on the program today, and let's start things off with the head coach, Matt Sawyer. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock, currently joined by the head coach of the Toronto Rock, Matt Sawyer. Matt, great to have you back on the program here. Great to be here, as always. Do you feel the excitement of game week here? I know that uh, Monday kind of officially turned the page. We had the rosters submitted. It's kind of officially the start of uh, the season. Tuesday's practice. First official regular season practice on the books, too. Uh, Are you feeling the energy? Are the boys excited? How are you dealing with the excitement of the home opener? Uh, it's a uh, uh, exciting time for sure. Um, first uh, opening week of the season and opportunity for us to, uh, to get out there as a team and compete. And, um, you know, you got a, a result that's uh, for real here on uh, Saturday night. So anxious and uh, can't get here soon enough. Well, let's rewind things now to the start of training camp and how these, this team came into training camp, in your opinion, and maybe talk a little bit about the progress you saw from November 5th until November 26th. Yeah, it's uh, we're still early here, right? And uh, we talk a lot that it's a uh, it's a process and we're just trying to get better um, every time we get together. Your opportunities are limited. Uh, we had three uh, exhibition games and a handful of practices, so you you need to make every uh, every opportunity count. So um seen some good things through camp, but it's uh, early in the season here and we're still building a team. So um, anxious to see what we look like on Saturday night. Did training camp feel a little bit different this year, given that basically what you started with on November the 5th is what you finished with at the end of the month? And 
that team, those guys that walked in are the same guys that are going to uh, fill roster spots here, either re- either active roster or practice roster as we begin the season? Yeah, uh, numbers were a little different uh, uh, heading into this camp and um, unfortunately uh, suffered an injury early in, uh, in camp to uh, Tyler Hendricks as well. But, um, you know, we had a draft this year where we, we took, uh, what was it, four uh, uh, four players that are still in school and, and um, you know, went on our uh, draft list. And, you know, right away there's four that would normally be in camp. But, uh, the, you know, having said that, it was by design. Um, we liked what we had coming into camp. Uh, felt like there was a lot of internal competition for uh, spots within the roster in our practice squad. And uh, I mentioned your opportunities are limited. So just looked at it. Let's uh, Let's get to work with our team and let's get rolling. So we talk about uh, how the roster shook out here. Not a ton of surprises, really. The uh, the three healthy draft picks that were eligible to come to training camp uh, all ended up on the practice roster. Like you say, uh, Tyler Hendricks ends up on the pup list uh, with an injury that he had here coming into camp. But um, really, the only decision, I guess, was you know from guys from last year was Jordan McKenna ends up finding himself on the practice roster. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that was, you know, in the mix at the end of the year last year. So maybe just talk about, you know, how you how you dial up that final roster and how you make that decision at the end of the day. Uh, we, we look at, um, you know, practice roster, active roster um, since I've been here. And, and uh, you know, uh, each and every year we got to rely on everybody. So uh, in Jordan's situation, that's um, that's where he's starting the year. Um, but uh, we. Um, you know, know full well that at some point he'll get an opportunity and, and we're going to have to uh, uh, rely and count on him. He uh, came into the lineup last year, uh, started the season, um, you know, on the practice roster and uh, gave us some quality minutes. And, and we expect he'll do that again at some point this year. It's just uh, not at the start. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've watched over these past uh, number of seasons. I mean, especially last year, COVID and illness kind of threw a curveball at any at everybody and I think you know practice rosters were depleted at times right and you know you're even starting to look at hey where can we find another live body here at times right when so many guys were sick but um yeah I mean needless to say there's probably a really good chance that we get to see everybody uh in the that's on the practice roster right now at least uh move to the active and perhaps uh, dress for a game Another big change on the roster this year is uh, in the goaltending department. For a long time, Nick Rose, Riley Hutchcraft, the tandem here in Toronto. Troy Holochuk, now the uh, the number two man, along with Nick Rose. We saw a bit of Troy last year in a game in Halifax, thrown into the mix. Again, gets his chance from practice to active roster because of illness. And, you know, he's he's now the backup. Like, what do you see his role being well-documented that Nick Rose has started every single game <laughs> with you as the head coach of this team. But, uh, you know, what is the plan for a guy like Troy this year? Um, and how is he going to develop, you think, uh, in your eyes this year? Uh, Troy's uh, someone that we have full confidence in. You mentioned, uh, I guess, is a brief opportunity um, that came out of circumstance uh, uh, last year. He came uh, came in and, and did well there and um, gave us an opportunity to uh, to win that game and um, play great uh, start to finish once he got in there. Uh, but really, it's more than that. We've uh, we've watched Troy here for uh, a few years, um, performing in practice and uh, being around him, watching how he works at uh, you know uh, at his craft and 
Um, he's driven to uh, to be as good a goalie as he can be, and um, you know we got full confidence uh, uh, in Troy at uh, um, you know when we need him, and I'm sure we will need him at some point this season. Uh, um, that he's uh, going to do the job that's expected. He's a, a great young goalie, and it's just a position where they need opportunity. And um, you know I suspect that at some point he'll get that opportunity. The hybrid of Matt Vince and Bob Watson. That's what you're going with? Yeah. yeah. And that's uh, high expectations yeah, put you're, on you're, the other you're not, not, not putting much on him there, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's the combination yeah. of the two best goalies ever. <laughs> we like Troy. Yes, I'll, uh, no pressure. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll let you draw comparisons. Uh, so we move into a game uh, this weekend, and of course, it's guaranteed win night. Everybody's excited about it. If the Rock don't beat the Vancouver Warriors, everyone that purchased a regular price single-game ticket to this game will get a free ticket to a future regular season home game of their choosing. I know that really doesn't have anything to do with you guys at the end of the day, but I have to ask the question, thoughts on guaranteed win night, and does it put any extra pressure at all on anything that you're doing, or is it business as usual oh, trying to win the game? It's uh, it's business as usual for us. Um, you know, it's not something that, uh, um, that we were a part of. Uh, um, you know, at the same time, it's, uh, um, you know, it's out there and, and I'm sure, uh, uh, Vancouver, you know, um, will look at that and, and potentially use it as, uh, as motivation, but, you know, we're going into opening, uh, opening week of the season here. And, and if you need something like that for, for motivation, so be it. We just, uh, you know, we want to be good on opening night and go out and get a win. We're not guaranteeing it. You did. <laughs> well, officially, Jamie Dowick guaranteed the win. There we the go. Record. Well, then I guess we got to come through, right? For the right? record, yes. <laughs> I wasn't sure how that shook down. But uh, <laughs> now we're confident in ourselves. I'm sure they are as well. And, um, you know, we're going to do our best to, uh, to cash that check. Now, what are you expecting from this Vancouver team? New head coach, a guy you're very familiar with, Troy Cordingly, somebody that was, you know, very successful in his time here in Toronto, won a championship in 2011, took the team to the finals in 2010. Uh, he's taking over a Vancouver team that probably hasn't uh, met the expectations that they've set out for themselves since uh, moving downtown. Thoughts on what you're going to expect uh, to see on Saturday from a Troy Cordingly coached team? Well, you know, it's a, um, they've had a lot of change there. Uh, new season. Everybody uh, is in first place on, uh, on Saturday night. Um, our opening week and um, you know uh, I, I'm sure they will uh, they will be prepared and they'll be ready and um, you know you're going to see a uh, um, hard-working team that's going out and trying to be on the right side of the results so um, you know we try to focus on ourselves and uh, make sure we're good uh, in the moment and good uh, good on Saturday night but I have uh, no doubt that uh, we'll have our hands full just like uh, um, every week in the NLL. So while there are a lot of veterans back with this club this year, there are also uh, some pretty key new faces. One of them is Chris Corbeil, who is probably the biggest of the unrestricted free agent signings over the summer. But unfortunately, a torn peck is going to keep him out of the lineup for the beginning of the season with hopes of him uh, getting back uh, at some point later on. But um, just talk a little bit about what Corbeil brings and especially what kind of role he's going to play, given that he's not going to be able to do a lot of uh, contributing on the floor specifically? Well, um, you know, first off, you mentioned uh, our free agent signings and uh, 
Uh, we're real excited about uh, Chris, Stephen, and uh, and Corey. Um, you know, question about Chris there is, uh, you know, obviously he's, um, you know, somebody who has had a, a great career and, and uh, what he has done uh, in the uh, NLL speaks for itself. Um, you know, he's a captain of uh, multiple, uh, a team that won multiple championships and um, playing and performing at a high level. And he's someone that uh, Jamie and the organization, we identified early in free agency and had our sights set on him. So we're real excited to, uh, to be able to add him to uh, um, our existing uh, group that we have here. And I'm fortunate for Chris that, uh, you know, just through the, uh, the process of getting ready for the season, he suffered an injury, but, um, you know, he's with us, he's around us every day, and, and we fully expect that, uh, you know, he'll have an impact on this season, um, both on and off the floor couple other guys you mentioned. Let's start with Stephen Keogh. He's a guy that uh, you acquired wow. way back in uh, junior from the beaches. Oh, wait. And uh, went on to win a Minto Cup. Was a, a big piece, probably the missing piece maybe right. even, right? Um, do you go back and start to think, hmm, I did this once before with this guy. Uh, well, I think, I think <laughs> we'll all take that. He was the missing piece a long sure. time ago. Was he the missing piece here in Toronto, we've seen what he's done in the done in the exhibition games. He's scored. He's been gritty. He's basically been as advertised. And like you said about Corbs, uh, he's done a lot of winning. So has Stephen Keogh at pretty well every level. Um, what are you hoping you get in this guy? Well, um, yeah, if we could duplicate that, I think everybody would be real uh, real happy. Um, you know, you, you mentioned uh, his resume. I don't know. Uh, um, you know, you look at. Uh, uh, mental cups, man cups, NCAA championships, NLL championships. It's tough to find somebody who's won more than uh, uh, than Stephen at uh, all those levels. So that's something that jumps out at you uh, um, right away. Um, you know, we wanted to add that to the mix. We think that uh, um, that's good for uh, the rest of our team to be around that type of professional and someone who's been in the moment and um, performed in the moment. So. Um, anxious to see what uh, he does over the course of a full season here. He's been real good in uh, in training camp, and um, he just brings a lot of elements that we felt we were uh, in need of. So excited about it. And then lastly, Corey Small, and and not to leave him to last at all because you you bring in a guy who topped the thirty goal mark last year, sure. which not a ton of guys do in this league, and he's been a consistent scorer for a long time. And even just getting to know him a teeny tiny bit around here, he seems to just have this positive vibe around him all the time. And you can already tell, very appreciative of the opportunity here, I think, to play close to home in Toronto. And, uh, you know, he's from the St. Catharines area and, and just the ability to play close to family and friends. You see when guys come here later in their career, they just, it's almost like you can't wipe the smile off their face, right? And, uh you know, he's going to go out there and hopefully do what he's done for the last, you know, over a decade in this league. Um, how excited are you to have that lefty depth added to the situation here? Yeah, it's um, something where uh, um, obviously we, we lost uh, uh, Reed and, um, you know, Justin Scott as well, who had uh, um, given us some uh, quality minutes, especially in the, uh, the playoffs when Reed went down. But when you looked uh, um, at a roster at the end of last year, it was uh, an area where we uh, felt we could, um, you know, get get better at on the left side, uh, veteran presence. We felt Corey's game uh, complemented what we already had uh, over there with uh, with Dan Craig and uh, and Zach Manns, and 
Uh, Marley Angus has been real good in training camp and uh, uh, for us in the exhibition games as well. So uh, we feel we got a youngster there that can grow with the uh, with the group. But you know, you mentioned Corey and um, kind of his excitement, and it's the first thing that uh, um, you know he mentioned and and that you uh, picked up on and, and talking to him uh, um, during free agency. It was the uh, Excitement, the opportunity to uh, uh, to play uh, in Toronto. Everybody talks about uh, close to home and opportunity for family and friends to, uh, I guess, experience that with you. But I like to think too, though, that there's an excitement to join this team, join this roster that we put together, and and an opportunity to win. And um, we talked about Corey, Chris, and and Stephen, and they would all. Uh, um, well, it's nice to play in Toronto. Um, everybody wants to win, especially towards the end of your career, and they feel that they have an opportunity here. So. Uh, Corey fits into that uh, that mix. Um, you know, he's uh, uh, one of the purest shooters uh, that this game has seen in the last five to ten years, and um, we expect that to continue here with us and and um, you know just help us out uh, on the left side and putting the ball in the net because that's what he's done his whole career. Lastly, on the roster rundown, uh, we mentioned some of the young guys. You just mentioned Marley in there, but Josh Dowick. Somebody who obviously uh, around these parts here, and I point to the office here at the Toronto Rock Athletic Center. We've seen Josh around here for, well, the entire existence of this building back to 2012 uh, because he happens to be the son of Toronto Rock owner, president, and general manager, Jamie Dowick. But uh, you had a chance to coach Josh this past summer with the Oakville Senior Bees, and you've obviously had him in training camp here Um even if you want to rewind just to the summer to now, he had a couple pretty good exhibition game outings, uh, put the ball in the net several sure. times. Um, what have you thought of Josh Dowick's game and, and what can fans expect uh, from him over the next uh, number of years? Well, it's just uh, good to get an opportunity to uh, uh, to be around Josh and, and uh, the opportunity to coach him. Um, you mentioned started in, in summer ball this, uh, uh, this year. Um, with the Oakville Senior Bees, and um, you know Josh is just uh, uh, coming off a, a knee injury, and um, you know with uh, w- with COVID hitting and and uh, missing a year of junior lacrosse, and then suffering the uh, the injury, and um, I guess what the shortened season we'll call that that uh, that they had during uh, COVID. Uh, he's had some uh, time away from the game, and he's just uh, kind of rounding into form physically now. I think he would tell you that as well. Um, uh, it takes a while to uh, get that confidence and strength back. And um, first thing when you uh, when you're around Josh and when you watch his game, um, you look at uh, or the first thing that jumps out at you is his IQ on the lacrosse floor. Um, you know he's a smart lacrosse player. He's uh, um, you know he's been strong throughout uh, training camp for us. He uh, put four in the in the back of the net on uh, uh, you know his first opportunity to play against NLL uh, competition and. Uh, he's somebody that uh, we have, um, you know, high hopes and expectations for. Uh, at the same time, he's, um, you know, he's uh, one of the guys here, and um, he's going to uh, work his way into uh, his, his job is to focus and work his way into a full-time, uh, full-time role. And he's a real good prospect for us on the right side for sure. All right, Matt. Well, uh, I think we're going to keep it short and sweet today. Sure. How do you feel about that? Well, we got practice right around the corner, so I'm good with that right now. But uh, um, good to be here. All right. Well, Matt, uh, good luck on Saturday night when uh, your Toronto Rocket back on the floor against the Vancouver Warriors. Everybody's excited about it, and it is guaranteed win night. Five o'clock start, TSN, 
all that other good stuff. Maddie, uh, we'll do this again soon. Looking forward to it. All right. That was Toronto Rock head coach Matt Sawyer. We'll be back with more Toronto Rock Total Access in a moment. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock, now joined by Toronto Rock star goaltender Nick Rose. Rosie, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing all right. We are uh, very close to game day here as we record this. Just uh, less than a day and a bit away, I guess. What are we? 27 hours away from face-off? How are yeah. you feeling? Like, are you... Are you jacked up for this? or? Yeah, I think you could probably say that. Uh, I think everybody's pretty excited. Obviously, some guys here shooting today a bit and getting dialed in for the weekend. But we've had a great week of prep, obviously a great training camp. Uh, worked out some kinks, I think, through the preseason games. And, yeah, we're, we're all fired up and want to kick off this season. That's exactly where I wanted to start with you today, Nick, was your preparation for games. And just has that changed at all as you've gotten older and i'm not going to say old rosie because wow. you're always going to be younger than me <laughs> <laughs> but as you've gotten older and and more of a, a veteran in the national lacrosse league have you changed the way you prepare it all for games or is it still going back to the same stuff you've done forever yeah i think uh year to year maybe some slight changes but uh no i think i think this uh at this point in my career, I have a pretty good idea of what I need to do to be ready to play on the weekend. Uh, we had a great practice uh, Tuesday. Um, have been mixing in a, a little bit more sh just shooting with a, a few of the guys during the week on uh, kind of Mondays and Thursdays. So that's been good, seeing some more balls than, uh, than maybe in past years. But, uh, yeah, no, feeling good. Um, excited, obviously. Uh, even uh, in year 14, the, the nerves are still there, which is – Always uh, a good thing, I think. Uh, kind of, I in my mind is uh, the passion still there. So, yeah, we're ready to go. Now, I don't want to necessarily equate this to what uh, a pitcher would do or a relief pitcher when they're throwing on the side, or you know, everybody's very concerned about pitch count and all that kind of stuff, right? But do you get to a point, and maybe this is crazy, so you can tell me I'm crazy if you just think this question silly, but. Do you ever get to a point where it's like, you know what, to prepare for the game, I want to see X number of shots in a week? Or, you know what, there's kind of a limit on to what I need to see during the week, right? Because you're on the floor for practice, you you get a few more shots in, but do you ever think about it that way now? Like, you know, is it like, you know what, if I see 300 shots this week, then I'm 500 shots, <laughs> whatever it is. Like, I'm good, I'm prepared, you know? Well, to answer your question first, yes, you're crazy. Thanks, Rosie. I but, appreciate it. But not, not because of the question. But <laughs> oh, okay. uh, no, I uh, I wouldn't say there's an exact number of shots, but I, I think uh, I think obviously in practice I really like to uh, kind of hog the net, net for a while, uh, at least the second half of most practices um, uh, when we're going through kind of game stuff like five-on-five, five, power play, shots I'll see in a game more so. And uh, I like to uh, obviously kind of – Putting the work on Tuesdays and then, uh, yeah, just taking a few more shots during the week uh, definitely helps. And um, more just uh, not even necessarily just about, like, kind of being great at, like, stopping the guys on Mondays and Thursdays, but more just kind of adding to the routine and feeling confident. And when you're at practice, is there ever any guys that are coming down in the in the drills where, you know, it's just kind of like a flow drill and guys are just coming down and it's one shot after another after another, like – 
are there any guys coming down and you're like, I'm sick of you trying to score on me with this move? Or like, all right, thanks. I don't need you to throw 40 fakes on top of the crease because that's never going to happen in a game, right? Somebody's going to come and check you. So just have fun, throw the ball in the net, and <laughs> move on to the next guy. Like, are there guys, and feel free to name them, that may drive you nuts in any kind of shooting dress? <laughs> You're really serving this up <laughs> on a platter to chirp some guys, eh? Sure, why not? Um... I guess when we're doing shoot-arounds and that kind of stuff, I do, I do give uh, Phil Mazuka a bit of a hard time. <laughs> um, he, uh, he's he got a hard shot. I would say about 85% of the time it's going where he kind of wants it to go, but <laughs> it's like that 5 to 10% where uh, the ones just whistle right by the ear or, or the odd time has hit me in the head. But yeah. had a, he hasn't hit me in the head for a while. I'll give him credit there, but... Um, a lot of his shots kind of seem to thick, like make me think that they're coming right in my face. So <laughs> I kind of dodge out of the way a little bit. But uh, no, I, I would say he's been getting better. Um, I don't know, Challen and tight, uh, his fakes are pretty silly. So um, if we're doing a rapid fire drill, can't really follow him the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every single time. But uh, try to make a save every shot I'm facing, and uh, and then yeah, just put in the work. Yeah. I could just see that sometimes that would maybe just become annoying, right? If guys, especially like you're saying, like <clears throat> D guys who think they're O guys in practice. Yeah. I mean, I think I've said to a couple of the D guys, like, like it's actually kind of a bit of strategy for shooting in transition. Like you don't have to shoot as hard as you possibly can <laughs> to score a goal. Like you're, you're better yeah. to shoot at 95% maybe speed to be a bit more accurate. Yeah where I think a lot of D guys obviously don't have experience scoring and shooting as much where they think they got to shoot it as hard as they got to or as they can, but uh, that's not really the case uh, most of the time for success. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. That's great. Uh, so coming up this weekend, uh, going into a game against the Vancouver Warriors, it's guaranteed win night. We've talked a little bit about that already. Um, but actually, before we get into the game, let's talk a little bit about Rock City Unplugged. Did you have a chance to watch it? Yeah, I think I've watched it twice now. Twice? Yeah. All right. I, I watched it on my own uh, earlier in the day, and then uh, Latrell and Adam at home uh, put it on last night, and obviously wasn't going to miss a rewatch on it. So, <laughs> no, it was awesome. I think they did a great job and uh, real excited for where that's going to go this season. Yeah, and you brought up Phil Mazuka and he happened to be – he kind of got roasted at the end of the uh, episode <laughs> one. Yeah, he got roasted on uh, episode one. He got roasted by the boys in the group chat after uh, <laughs> after he decided to score with uh, after Maddie was yelling at him to pull it out for about ten seconds. Yeah. But no, I mean you, you kind of understand. Obviously, he's a young kid, and uh, and that was probably his first goal, right? And then all even uh, even as an exhibition game, so yeah, a bit of tunnel vision. But obviously, in preseason, uh, not not the most ideal play, but. <laughs> That that's kind of part of uh, the process of uh, living and learning. Yeah, I mean, uh, up by three, decides to bury it. Yeah, and he has been talking quite openly when he's around the office here that he is really looking forward to finally scoring on a goaltender. Yeah, no, <laughs> he should be looking forward to that. I think it's coming, but uh, yeah, he certainly put that exhibition game away for us. Now, what's it been like with some of the new faces around here this year? Corey Small, Stephen Keogh, uh, Chris Corbeil, in terms of the the veteran guys that are here, but also some of the rookies, you know, uh, it's primarily the same guys back in the dressing room that you've been here with now for a long time. 
Um, but maybe just talk about the new guys. You know, you've, you've known Stephen Keel for a long time. You played with him back uh, in Orangeville in 2008, won the Minto Cup together. Um, you know, what's it been like having him as a teammate again? Yeah, no, it's uh, definitely been good getting a few more vets in the room. Last year, uh, I think I was the second or third oldest and uh, <laughs> really making me feel older than uh, I probably am. But, uh, no, getting a few a few more vets in the line or in, in the locker room and uh, Keo specifically, yeah, I, I go way back with him and he's a great player. He's had an unbelievable NL career. Um, he's won championships, same as Corbeil. Um, obviously, Smallsy still hunting for first championship like a lot of us. So um, I think those guys are a, a good uh, presence in the room, uh, calming, but know what it takes. And uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun uh, having them on our side this year. And to kind of spin this all together between veterans and, uh, you know, some older guys and the dock and, and all that, uh, Dan Dawson, his uh, speech that was in the, the dock there at the end of episode one, uh, just talking about, you know, basically this is championship or bust this year. And that was the same language used by Chris Corbeil in the interview as well. But, um, you know, where are you at really in terms of your, your focus on winning a championship now? And like we say, this is going to be the third time we've mentioned you getting older here in this interview, <laughs> but um, it, it's a fact of life. It happens every year. The calendar changes and it's a new year and there's another one gone. Um, what do you kind of think of what's your mindset here in terms of a championship window for yourself? Yeah, I mean... To be honest with you, I'm more focused on just how our group's coming together and being ready for game one uh, tomorrow uh, against Vancouver. But um, every year I've been here, uh, it's been championship or bust. So it's just comes with the territory with uh, being the most successful franchise in probably NL history, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously I think about winning championship, but I, I've been around a long time that it's not uh, – you, you can wish for it as much as you want, but sometimes uh, it just doesn't happen. So we're uh, our plan and our focus is really just to put our best foot forward this season. And how, first goal is to have a great regular season, and we got to get in the playoffs. I have a chance at that. So um, I I forget who said it uh, years ago. I think in 2015 when we lost in the finals, uh, it's kind of like three seasons in one uh, in the NOL, right? Like you have the regular season. You have the playoffs, and then even like that year, we thought we were going to win, <laughs> but we obviously ran into an incredible Edmonton team, and um, it, it's just like three different parts of the process, and really my focus, and I think our team's focus is uh, the first part of that, which is the regular season. All right, so this Saturday night, Toronto Rock, Vancouver Warriors, 5 o'clock, an early start, guaranteed win night. Uh, you're going to be going in against uh, – a team with a, a very heavy BC roster, so kind of a similar situation to the Rock, where it's the hometown guys versus the the local guys from Vancouver. It's an East-West matchup. I know you know a lot of the guys on that uh, Western team from your junior days and from also playing uh, summer ball out west. I'm sure as well. So, um, what are you expecting from these Warriors, especially coming in with uh, a new coach and true Troy accordingly that uh, is very familiar around these parts as well. Yeah, I think uh, we got to be prepared to play, which I, I think we are. Um, they're going to be extremely hungry. Uh, I'm sure they're going to be motivated by the guaranteed win thing. Um, 
we're not putting that much stock into it as the players. Like, obviously, we love uh, the confidence Jamie has in us for the ticket uh, promotion. But um, the fact is you want to win every game and you go in every weekend planning to win just as they are. So really, like, what does a, a guarantee even really, <laughs> really mean? Like, um, you want to win every single game. And they're going to be hungry. They're going to be well coached. Uh, like, uh, I was with Troy for a year or two here, and uh, – He'll make sure they're motivated and they come in and play hard. They'll be a tough team to play against, and we just have to be ready. Can't take them under, or we can't underestimate them. Um, what happened in our game against them last year really has no effect on uh, on this one. So it's the first game of the season. We want to put on a show for our fans and uh, and kick off the season right. And it'll be fun staring down the other end of the floor at your old goaltending pal, Steve Fryer. Oh, the deep. Yeah, deep <laughs> Fryer. Uh, had a few battles with him over the years uh, since he left us. But, um, yeah, no, uh, still keep in touch with him every now and then. Uh, he's obviously been living out west and uh, um, started a family, that kind of stuff. So I'm happy for him uh, getting the opportunity to hopefully be a full-time starter for them. But um, just hope he doesn't get off to a good start. <laughs> All right. Well, to switch gears before we wrap things up here, um, anything new on the uh, sports card front? Any new uh, big pickups or exciting stuff going on there? Um, yeah, I think you know pretty well that uh, <laughs> I've been all over the sports card still. Um, we had a nice little rip uh, of the uh, – am I allowed to not, uh, yeah, ma- uh, mention sure. the, yeah, yeah, the outdoor sure. league? Yes. Uh, <laughs> the PLL cards, I've been all over that, buying some boxes and – um, we had that TSN media day here at the track, so kind of added a station for the guys to stop and sign some cards for me as well, That of the guys that play in that all as well. So, um, yeah, I've been all over lacrosse cards, the so hockey cards, obviously Series 1 is out, so trying to complete that as quick as I can, all the all the young gun rookie cards. So getting pretty close, only a few left uh, for that. So Yeah, and of course we all have our fingers crossed that at some point we're going to have National Lacrosse League trading cards. Yeah, I think everybody would be fired up for that. Just yes. be be cool. I think it would be a good way to connect to the fans and, uh, yeah, hopefully continue to grow our league. Then you could get all the cards signed because all the guys would be around here all the time. Hey. You wouldn't have to wait for media day. Hey, just I'd <laughs> happily sit here and sign uh, thousands of stickers for if we get some NOL cards. So uh, hopefully uh, – I know the PA, the Players Association kind of wants to do it, so hopefully uh, along with the league and – maybe some uh some of the other relationships we have we can actually make it happen yeah it'd be super exciting and i think it is one of those you know great tools anyways that helps to to grow the fan base and uh you know get uh younger fans engaged as well and now as we see the way the sports card market has gone it's young it's old it's it's everything in between now right so it's uh be a pretty cool thing to happen and then uh last thing we have to wrap up on of course is uh because i honestly have not had very much time whatsoever recently to watch much of anything but we need to find out what is rosie watching i'm a bit all over the place so we uh we were into uh house of the dragon big time me and adam J. um obviously huge game of thrones fans and uh that uh, series was uh, awesome uh kind of a prequel for everything that happened so that kick-started a rewatch of game of thrones for me so I'm into, uh, I think I just started season five again. Such a good show. Um, we're into our classic reality. Uh, Survivor is heating up. It's uh, starting to get down to the nitty gritty a bit. So love Survivor. 
Um, started White Lotus season two. Um, rest of my house is kind of catching up on season one. It's a weird show, but it's pretty entertaining. Um, and then after that, what am I into? I think just uh, um, the Shack documentary on Crave. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even know there was one. I just really? I just started huh. that. Uh, the episode one was out last week, so um, Shaq's probably one of my favorite uh, athletes. So um, yeah, yeah. I've been I've been watching Survivor. I guess not much else. But the only thing I find with Survivor now is I watch the competition and Tribal Council. The rest of the show, eh, I could almost do without. I agree with you. I, I don't know what it is. It seems like the episodes actually go pretty quick. Like, yeah. like it's like competition and then you're at tribal council before you know it. But yeah, I think that's probably a sign that maybe not paying attention to the rest. And it's like, oh, yeah. tribal council. <laughs> I'm sure uh, I'll get chirped for this, but I do have that problem of just being on my phone when I'm watching stuff and, and then I get confused a little bit. And then, yeah, yeah. I have to go back and uh, kind of see what happened. But yeah, Survivor's been uh, it's been all right. All right. I, I mean, it's always going to be a good show, but yeah. That's good. All right, well, even though head coach Matt Sawyer was a guest on the show, he was giving us the wrap-it-up signal, so apparently he may need something from one of us right now. So uh, we'll wrap it up right there. Hey, thanks for having me. Let's uh, have a great regular season here. All right. Thanks, Rosie. Good luck uh, Saturday night. We'll do this again real soon, I'm sure. Thanks, Hammer. All right, that was Toronto Rock goaltender Nick Rose. He will be in action on Saturday night when the Rock take on the Warriors in the home opener at First Ontario Centre. 5 o'clock start. Get your tickets now. We'll take a short break on Toronto Rock Total Access and be back to wrap it up in a moment. Back to wrap things up here on episode number one of a new season of Toronto Rock Total Access. And... Rock fans, I know if you're still listening to the podcast at this point, that means you've probably watched Rock City Unplugged Episode 1. And I just wanted to fill you guys in on a little bit of what's going on in and around that program as we get ready to deliver Episode 2 in about a month from now. And Episode number 1, well, hey, it took about a month to shoot everything, but this has been something that's been in the works for much longer than that. A lot of planning goes into this, and we are very thankful to have great partners in Ward 1 Studios at a Guelph helping us put all this together. They helped us out with our media day, all that awesome footage that you're seeing in our commercials and everything else that you're going to see roll out here during the season. We've worked closely with them, and trust me, there is a lot of planning that goes into this. A couple of months worth just to get to media day and then putting the documentary together in episode one. We're going to be, like I said, dropping six episodes throughout the year, all of kind of varying lengths, but somewhere in and around what uh, what we saw in episode number one. But we're excited to work with these guys, and they're awesome, and their preparation level has uh, really helped get this thing to where it is. So um, thank you to them if they're listening out there, Alex, Garrett, uh, Sandy, James, the rest of the crew, uh, Blair, everybody there at uh, Ward 1. Adelina, everyone. Hopefully I didn't leave anybody out, uh, but uh, we're really thankful to have those guys uh, helping us out uh, this season and bringing you some great content. And hopefully you're going to love the opening video and all the other elements that uh, they've helped us produce for our in-game production. I think we've really taken things to another level, and it is all for you, the fans, to give you guys a better in-game experience and get you more hyped up, cheer the boys on, and hopefully that results in more wins in Rock City. Although... You know, last year, 7-2 and two at home, not too bad. Not too bad. Job well done, but maybe we uh, push that to 8-1. and one. 
Maybe we talk about a zero in the loss call. I don't know. We're getting way ahead of ourselves here, folks. Obviously, obviously. But uh, we are looking to have a very successful season at home again this year, just like we did last year. And we can't do it without you, Rock City. You guys are the ones that make the noise and get everybody fired up. And you help the boys more, I think, than uh, you know you ever really know, because that's all these guys could talk about. After last season, especially last season's home opener, it was just how amazing the fans have been in Hamilton and just how much fuel it gives them to maybe give that little extra. Maybe that was the fuel that had Challen Rogers tip that ball by the Halifax uh, forward to spring himself on that breakaway and score that overtime winning goal last year in the first game of the playoffs that will go down as one of the biggest goals in Toronto Rock history. Maybe the second or third biggest goal I don't know. I mean, it didn't win a championship, but it did win a playoff game. It was in overtime and a game winner. The walk-off home run type thing that sent the Toronto Rock into the second round against that, of course, uh, heartbreaking two-game loss to the Buffalo Bandits. So can't wait to get back at it against the Bandits in a couple of weeks. Holiday Bash coming up Saturday, December 17th. Get your tickets for that game as well. But we're more focused right now on the business at hand and what's in front of us on Saturday night when the Toronto Rock again take on the Vancouver Warriors. A very familiar face will be behind the bench of the Warriors as Troy Cordingly has taken things over as head coach. And, of course, Toronto Rock fans will remember him as the man in charge the last time the Toronto Rock won a championship back in 2011. And it's hard to believe it's been 11 years. And by the time the next championship is awarded, it will have been 12 years, but maybe... It will just mean it's 12 years between championships and it will be us in Rock City hoisting that cup come the spring. So we're all looking forward to a great season and things getting started on Saturday night. Don't forget, happy hour starts one hour before game time and runs from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. $5 beers and mixed drinks available at certain locations throughout the concourse at the game. Doors will open at 3.30, 90 minutes before face-off. That is going to be a regular occurrence throughout the entire season. So if you want to get to Rock City early, it's a good thing. And that is a little bit earlier than what the doors used to open at when we were in Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. Um, we used to only open the doors 60 minutes prior to face-off. But we've got 90 minutes here. We've got the happy hour promotion as well. So it's pretty cool that that is uh, available to the fans now. And... Post-game spot, don't forget, you can go to Stonewalls now after the game in Hamilton. Our new beer partner, Newark Brewing, they are offering uh, $5 Turf Monsters at the post-game party. And if you want to find out more about Turf Monster, the Toronto Rock's newest beer, it is a lager, and you can go to newarkbrewing.com and order yourself up a case of Turf Monster to be delivered right to your home. So that will about do it here. For episode number one of Toronto Rock Total Access, you can find your tickets online, torontorock.com. If you want to get into Rock City on Saturday night, still great seats available. So we want to make sure that uh, everybody is well prepared and ready to bring the noise on Saturday night in Rock City. We will see you there. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. Another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access is over and done with. I am Mike Hancock saying we will chat next week.